you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, the big circus tent in the podcast sky. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. There's no podcast tent in the sky. Uh, there is now. Anyway, I don't know what the piece. I just make it up, folks, as it goes along. Welcome to the anonymous or the random anonymous ramble. I have no idea what I'm rambling about, but it sounded kind of funny when in my head. But it doesn't sound funny when it's coming out of my head. And uh, hopefully that makes you giggle. Anyway, guys, that's the best I can do for the ramble this time. Uh, <laughs> just think of a big podcast tent in the sky i think i'm gonna get the dot com on that after the show uh be sure for the show to your family friends and relatives as always you know the drill today we're gonna to be talking about ice cream we had a company uh and uh a ceo founder uh ship us a bunch of his tasty ice cream and we got to indulge in it for several weeks uh i try and make ice cream last because i'm wearing enough ice cream as it is when it comes to sugar but uh, sent us some of his amazing ice cream and we got a chance to sample it and i think you're gonna love it as well uh we have Mansoor Ahmed on the show with us today. He's the founder of Heritage Kulfi. It's a South Asian-inspired ice cream company based in Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, he is originally a New Yorker and attended Manhattan College and Columbia University. And he recently uh, made his way to the ice cream college at the Pennsylvania State University. Uh, and uh, I should do that. I've eaten enough ice cream to be awarded some sort of degree, haven't I? I don't know. Uh, but my diabetic doctor says so. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, Mansoor. How are you? Hey, thank you for having me, Chris. Very excited to be on and um, talk more about ice cream, which I have now discovered is my current passion. There you go. Well, if you're going to have a passion, have have a passion that's sugar in it. That's my policy. I don't know. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> my diabetic doctor disapproves yeah. of my policy, but no, I'm just kidding. I don't have diabetes. So uh, welcome to the show. Give us your dot coms so where people can find you on the interwebs, please. Uh, it's heritagegulfi.com. Okay. And, uh, I can spell that for you. That's H E R I T A G E and K U L F I.com. There you go. So it looks like you took some twists and turns in life. Uh, what, tell us some of your upbringing and kind of what brought you to the point that you discovered that ice cream is your thing. Uh, so I, I grew up in a traditional uh, South Asian household. And um, as any kid, I enjoyed desserts and um, anything that was put in front of me and kind of fast forwarding a bit. I didn't really um, appreciate uh, these kinds of really decadent desserts and foods I was mm. eating. And, um, and that, you know, comes in part from growing and being able to appreciate and understand. And so recently when I was engaged in doing all the R and D for the brand, um, I really got to engage with each of the flavors, the ingredients, and find out all kinds of cool, interesting stuff um, about them. There you and go. That, um, that allowed me to uh, really engage uh, these ingredients to 
showcase them in the flavors that I have. So what were you doing before this? And what made you, you know, want to turn the key on going into ice cream? What made you just say, hey, that's where I'm going? So right kind of after pursuing my master's at Columbia, I had an opportunity. Uh, a family friend had reached out and asked if I would do some marketing and some graphics design for a product that they had. And um, and I, I said, why not? I mean, it seems like a great opportunity. I can be creative and also engage with the local South Asian community that I was already a part of. Um, I enjoy driving. So it allowed me to, you know, travel a lot as, as well as kind of like flex my language skills and stay connected and create something that previously didn't exist. And nice. so I got an introduction to, then I started my own frozen distribution company in about 2014 and then did that for quite a bit. And COVID changed things up a bit, quite a bit because New York City was pretty hardly, uh, pretty hard impacted. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I decided to take a step back and work on my own brand and try to share something unique and innovative in the frozen dessert world. There you go. A lot of people with COVID, you know, they kind of reanalyze their life and say, yeah. you know, I, I think I want to do something that I enjoy and maybe find my purpose in life as opposed to, you know, doing this other life for other people that's pretty fleeting for no matter where you call it. So you might as well do something you enjoy. Absolutely. And, you know, ice cream is, and food in general, it's so emotional. So kind of tapping into that and creating that experience for people. Um, you know, I grew up in New York, so I, I also have an emotional connection to pizza. So uh-huh. at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to kind of tap into that and uh, in a way kind of create a new experience for people. Hey, has anybody done pizza ice cream? That might be a thing. They they have, yes. They have? Where <laughs> yes. do I order that? Find where to order the dim. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> pepperoni ice cream. I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I feel a bit of a more purist and taking a traditional approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know about pizza and mushrooms, and then somebody's going to put pineapple in it. You know, that's going to happen. There's, there's something for everyone. I mean, pineapple is good in pizza or in ice cream, but I don't know about. Uh, I don't know about pepperoni. That's kind of. <laughs> It's kind of interesting. You might have to be drunk or high that, uh, for that one. Um, so you decide to start a, a, an ice cream company. What? How does this work? Help help other entrepreneurs understand the roadmap of, uh, you know, not to do what you do, of course, but uh, you know the the road the road of like how do you discover this is the thing you want to do? How do you develop the idea, et cetera, et cetera? Of course. So I mean the. <laughs> The the road of an entrepreneur is a lot of satisfying moments, but a lot of uh, wait. There's satisfying moments during this journey that I'm supposed to be on. It definitely. When when do those happen? (laughs) Those 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 come and go pretty quickly. A lot of a lot of uh, the journey is uphill and um, full of all kinds of um, reflections. Let's say. And uh, (laughs) so, um, I I I got. I guess the way I started was initially understanding what assets I did have. I did have a strong connection to my community Mm. and um, knew that if I could bring a great product, uh, uh, they would accept it. And also um, it had an opportunity to uh, 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 launch uh, within an existing account base. Mm. And so the part where I did have to learn was how to commercially make ice cream. And so I did not have, I do not have any culinary background or mm-hmm. experience in commercial ice cream making. And so I reached out to industry professionals. I mean, the great thing about 
um, I guess any industry is that there's a lot of people out there that would help you and mm. kind of guide you in different ways, explain to you different things, and you can benefit from their experience in this regard. Mm. So um, I, I was pursuing that at the same time, and then I um, managed the. So each each segment of the brand is was its own journey. There was the graphic designing part of creating the packaging mm. that's unique and appealing, and that required a lot of market research. Mm. And then there was the flavor development part of each recipe. Yeah. So, for example, I went through probably a hundred different kinds of vanillas um, to choose from, and then different variations of them, and each one is unique in its own way. There's vanilla, there's vanilla products, there's extracts and flavorings. And so uh, my goal was to recreate a certain kind of experience and nostalgia with these flavors Mm -hmm. and also make something that's authentic in certain ways, but accessible because I wanted um, the brand and all the flavors to appeal to a wider audience. There you go. Yeah. So the journey continues. Each day is an adventure. There you go. Uh, now, there's something that's it, it, also pretty unique about your uh, ice cream, the healthiness of it. Like, I, I'm trying to pull up the back of one on your website, but uh, I remember there's, like, I think there's non-GMO or or there's – tell us about that. It's true. I mean, I, I wanted to take the approach of making a, a traditional kind of ice cream where you use a handful of ingredients – and the simpler and better ingredients, the, the end product you're going to get is going to be superior in many ways. So, oh, yeah. yes, it is It is egg-free. It's vegetarian-friendly. We use pure organic cane sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is GMO-free. And so uh, you'll find that our ice creams are basically milk, cream, sugar, and the one ingredient that makes up our flavor. And it makes all the difference. I mean, I, I've learned to get sugar out of my diet for the largest part and then, uh, and then, you know, eat good, healthy foods. And once you kind of get the addiction of sugar and, and all the crap you eat out of your thing, out of your pie hole face, um, you, you start to redevelop a new taste for what things really taste like. As opposed to, you know, this jacked up high fructose corn syrup that they Exactly, drink. exactly. And, you know, ice cream, I think ice cream fundamentally is a enjoyable and kind of decadent yeah. experience. And you don't necessarily need to eat volumes of it to get a good taste or feel good about it. So yeah. that's why we try using the best ingredients to pack a lot of flavor and taste in a, a small amount. Yeah, and that's one of the things I really enjoyed about. It. I don't like normal commercial ice cream. I'm not an ice cream person, but we really enjoy the flavors you sent to us, uh, and I was really impressed. Um, and you know, because normally when I eat commercial ice cream, it's just like shoving a pound of a freaking sugar in my mouth, and I'm just like, you <laughs> it know, is, it's it got is. it's got some fake flavoring, and I, I've learned to tell the difference. One thing yeah. that was interesting, you sent us the Alfonso mango. Did mm-hmm. I pronounce correctly? That is yes. Yes, and you've got uh, you've got actually real Alfonso mangoes. Yeah, so Alfonso mangoes are a particular kind of a mango. They're known as the king of mangoes, and mm. I import mine directly from India, where they oh, grow. Wow. And um, yeah, they pack the best flavor, and so I use a ton of them in the ice cream. And so a good way to kind of find out, you know, reading ingredient listing is how they're kind of listed. And they're listed in terms of what is most dominant in a particular uh, package product. There you and go. So you'll find that in our packaging, it'll be milk, cream, and Alfonso mangoes in there. And uh, so we use a lot of them and rely on the actual kind of natural ingredient 
to bring that flavor forward as opposed to extracts or flavorings. There you go. Real stuff in it. We, I think you sent us the cardamom uh, chai, and then you sent us the rose water, and yeah. then you sent us the pistachio. You also have coconut, earl grey, vanilla bean, and saffron. And I really loved, as we t- talked before in the green room, I really loved the pistachio. Because it really gave me a real pistachio experience where I could taste part of the nuttiness of the shell or that salt, you know, pistachio shell, that roasted sort of taste that you kind of get off of the shell. I could taste a little bit of that in the thing. It wasn't overpowering, but it was enough to give you the full experience of a pistachio. Absolutely. Pistachio is my favorite. So um, I kind of (laughs) really went uh, overboard with the pistachios we use. And, you know, growing, uh, trying to find a good pistachio ice cream in the market is almost impossible. Yeah. um, So I use a lot of pistachios in the base of it. I also salt and roast the pistachios. And so that kind of leans into um, the, I guess, the genetical makeup of uh, a pistachio and brings that flavor forward. There you go. I mean, I, I, I think it was probably the, my, the best pistachio I've ever had. It really tasted like a real pistachio and the, and the experience of sitting and eating, you know, a bunch of them, you know, you kind of get, you kind of get a little bit of the salt or the shell sort of roast. It, it's the shell's kind of part of the roasted thing. Yeah. Um, and I'll often, I'll often get feedback and people have a pistachio and they're like, Oh wow, it tastes like a real pistachio. Yeah. And to me, that's exciting. And also like, oh, man, have you been being scammed your whole, this whole time where you're like surprised by the fact that it tastes like what it says? Yeah, you see the, you know, artificial flavors and a bunch of flavoring, yeah. coloring you can't figure out on the back of most commercial ice creams. Um, so there's the rose water, too. That was really good. What does that mean from a rose? So, so the rose water, the inspiration behind this particular flavor was a kind of a summer drink. Uh, that I grew up with Hmm. and uh, like I would say I would compare it to like a banana float where you have like the base is like a vanilla ice cream and then there's a rose syrup that goes on it and Hmm. so this was kind of extremely uh, very nostalgic for me Uh, all my summers I would have this but couldn't really find that that taste uh, represented in ice cream so yeah we use rose water which is essentially distilled from roses so I mean everyone knows what a rose uh, smells like and um, and it always gets people by surprise, this particular flavor. It does. Some people are immediately like, oh, we love this. And it's like emotional and nostalgic for them. And um, for others, it, you know, it carries a kind of perfume that they grew up or I've heard that, oh, this, this tastes just like grandma's perfume. <laughs> and so that's kind of the range. But, for, you know, it's one of my best selling flavors. I liked it. And I, I didn't at first when I saw the front of it, I'm like. Uh, am I drinking a rose? Am I eating a rose? Uh, yeah. Rose ice cream? But I'm like, yeah, it tastes great. I don't care. I don't, I'll eat all the <laughs> it's, roses. It's a very, it's a very delicate balance uh, because if you if you don't if you do it less, then you don't achieve that flavor profile. Mm-hmm. If you do it too much, then it, you know you do run the risk of it tasting like a perfume, essentially. And the cardamom chai. What is the cardamom? What is that? To, I'm- cardamom is a is a spice, um, mm-hmm. and I grew up with. Um, chai as as people will, I guess, sometimes grow up with coffee or tea. And so chai is, um, uh, I would say, uh, immediately um, nostalgic and personal for all South Asians. They have their own version of it, what kind of spices they put into it. And so what I wanted to do was replicate this chai that I grew up with. And so um, in order to make this flavor, I use a traditional steeping method. 
um, mm. that people use for tea. And that's really what imparts that natural uh, flavor. And so I developed a proprietary steeping process and we'll go ahead and dump in hundreds of pounds of black tea leaves, cardamoms oh. and cloves. And um, there's no other way to kind of replicate that. And um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I, I didn't grow up with like spicy chai in a certain way. So this is a mm -hmm. bit more balanced. It, the, the cardamom and the cloves do give a bit of smokiness mm. um, to it. And it's great tasting. So yeah. you got uh, the ones that we didn't sample were Earl Grey, coconut, saffron, and vanilla bean. Why, why did you pick these certain flavors? Why did you go with these? Why um, altogether, I think the goal was to demonstrate a kind of um, expertise in these different areas. So there's the fruits, uh, and then there's the spices, and then there's um, the florals, like the vanilla and the rose water. And the goal was to present um, all these flavors to as wide of an audience and allow people to kind of choose what would be their introduction. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes when I go to a retailer um, I'll, or I'll, I'll heal back from customers, they'll tell me, oh, we're not too familiar with the saffron, but we'll try the Earl Grey. And then they enjoy that and then often build um, to trying other flavors. So the goal was to have the widest appeal possible and also show a level of, I guess, expertise um, in introducing such a wide range. There you go. There you go. And you kind of, you, you have unique flavors that kind of separate you from the commercial competitors in the, in the market as well. Absolutely. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time, um, in the R and D phase, which involved going to supermarkets, seeing what's available, how to, um, envision my brand on a store shelf and see how it could be unique and different and offer something, um, that's innovative to customers. So I developed a pretty good understanding of the competition out there. There you go. Well, that's that must have been hard, you know, eating all that ice cream to test it. I sh if you ever need a research and developer, you can call me. And, and Absolutely. Especially if you do tacos. If you ever do a taco ice cream, I, I'm good taco at eating tacos and burgers. I'll, I'll write that down. That sounds gross, burger ice cream. But, you know, somebody <laughs> probably make it good. I don't know. In-N-Out burger ice cream. Um, actually, you could go to In-N-Out burger and just shove one of their ice creams in there. Right. Yeah. I'm getting hungry just talking about this. Can you tell? Can you tell? I'm just getting hungry. I mean, this is a hungry, hungry podcast. Um, so uh, how do people get a hold of your ice cream? Can they order it? Uh, is it local? They have so, to be? Or so currently we're, we're in about 200 retailers in the New York City area, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, and expanding locations. We're available every week. Mm -hmm. And so um, just available at retail locations. It's important for me. Um, in the beginning to support these independent stores mm -hmm. and build these relationships with them that have existing uh, customers. And so I've, I, that's what I've been prioritizing. But hopefully soon um, I am considering uh, providing directly to consumers, so shipping ice cream, even though it's not the most environmentally friendly option. Um, yeah, that's true. You guys shipped us the case and got here pretty good. Um, not too much yeah. trouble. Uh, but yeah, it looks like there's a lot in Long Island, Philadelphia, Wilmington, uh, New York, uh, I guess New Jersey, New Haven area. I'm seeing yeah. well close to. We, we are expanding. I'm hoping to expand to several key cities, so mm -hmm. DC, Texas as well. And um, that's something we plan on doing uh, late spring of this year. Are you guys able to scale with your formulas and you know, the process you use to go nationwide? 
Of course. I mean, I, uh, absolutely. The goal in creating the flavors um, originally was to produce them on a commercial scale and make mm-hmm. sure that they are scalable. Uh, I often found that, you know, other brands who have like a homemade or home style of, of, of a product, especially in ice cream, um, it's almost impossible to scale up because the recipe changes and then you've built up a customer base that enjoys this particular variation. And um, so it was important for me to understand a commercial ice cream making process, how I can uh, essentially manipulate it, use it uh, to make these flavors. And that, that was new to the world of ice cream. It's not traditionally how it's done. There you go. And I'm looking at the top one of your cases on Instagram. Looks like you got uh, some good words from the, uh, the the New York Times. Yeah, that was a really big win for us right in the beginning. And um, it's a really renowned food critic. And mm-hmm. uh, re- reached out to her and she's like, is it is it actually kulfi or is it like American ice cream? And um, so I explained to her, yes, we use these traditional cooking methods and the flavor is... Um, each one of the ingredients are steeped. It's very creamy. It's what you expect out of Kofi. And um, she agreed to give it a try and wrote a glow- glowing review. And that's nice. really so, exciting for an emerging brand like mine. I was going to ask you, Kofi, uh, uh, what does that mean? Is that uh, something in another language that... Uh... So, Kofi essentially is a South Asian style of ice cream. Okay. Uh, and it's best to probably think of like gelato being an, an Italian style. Oh, okay. Whereas, you know, ice cream being like the parent category, and then you have you have the gelato, you have gulfi, you also have a French custard style, uh, which incorporates eggs in it. So these are various styles, and it does have key attributes. So in gulfi, you're looking for very uh, a very dense ice cream, which means there's very little air inside. Oh. And it has a certain level of creaminess. It'll be high in butter fat. And then it'll, there's a slow cooking method involved as well. So that allows the ingredient to infuse in the ice cream base mix. Mm. And also you use certain ingredients and flavors such as rose water, saffron, pistachio. And so traditionally you'll find them in molds or popsicles in South Asia. So I'm hoping to introduce uh, gulfi as a category in the kind of the American uh, premium ice cream world. There you go. I, I I've had some of the newer commercialized uh, fake ice cream that that is 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 I don't know if whipped is the right word, but it's you know, there's a whipped uh, cream uh, that it is they pumped it with air. They pumped it full of air. They do, yeah. Like some so, of the low the low calorie ones, they're just like somehow they pumped it like with tons of air. Legally, they're they're allowed to go up to a hundred percent. Essentially, overrun is the technical term. Which really? means that half the product in the container is going to be a liquid mix, and the other half can be air and still legally be called ice cream. Jesus, yeah. and it, it's just there's nothing to it. It's just it's kind of like it's kind of like <laughs> eating cotton candy ice cream. Yeah, um, and something else that I I kind of noticed and taken up as a consumer awareness cause is that uh, the pint uh, the pints that are available. So I have this emblazoned on my shirt: one pint equals sixteen ounces. Because a lot of the national brands and several brands have these containers that are essentially 14 ounces. And um, oh. so it's not something anyone really notices much, but, you know, it puts uh, a brand like mine at a sort of a disadvantage because you're like, why, uh, why would you do that? Oh. And, um, and it, you know, there's other, I guess, inflation uh, concerns, but also most consumers don't notice 
So I'm hoping to create awareness about that. There you go. I, I was going to ask you about that because I saw the featured uh, uh, products and hoodies and stuff, shirts that you have on your website about one pint equals 16 ounces. A lot of people uh, realize that. It's been happening a lot the past few years with COVID. Yeah. And I forget what they call it, but it's where they basically downsize the packaging and still increase uh, shrink the price. Shrinkflation? Shrinkflation, yeah. There you go. That's yeah. it. And it's similar to what's happened with potato chips or basically any package kit. Yeah, it's it's basically gotten it's basically you're getting less, but uh, it's it's gotten uh, it's gotten uh, uh, smaller in size, and you're just like, I remember this being bigger, yeah. like, but <laughs> I also remember this being uh, half as much in yeah. cost, and so yeah, the shrinkflation, and they make they're good at making it look like you're still getting the same thing, and you're like. Yeah. Definitely. When I, when I'm all people, I wear this shirt on when I'm going to my accounts and just generally, and people often ask me and they're usually aghast at the idea that this has been happening under their noses this whole time. They're like, wait, this is 14 yeah. ounces. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch <laughs> my stuff, but uh, yeah, this would be really awesome when you roll it out. I really love the flavor. I really love the taste. Uh, anything more you want to tell us about some of the other f- flavors that we didn't uh, talk about? Yeah, I have I have two more flavors that I'm launching soon. Oh and, yeah, uh, next month, and mm-hmm. um, they're on the dairy uh, side. And I've also been developing a vegan line as mm-hmm. well. And so I'm hoping to launch that later this year. And um, that required a lot of extensive recipe development. So I'm pretty excited to bring that forward can you tell us what the names are yet or do we have to be of, of the two flavors yes it's it's somewhat now kind of public knowledge so uh one is a malai sweet cream oh. and so it's essentially a sweet cream flavor and malai means the cream that rises to the top when you cook milk so essentially ah. a portion of it and so I this is meant that. to just highlight you know ice cream in its truest form there and um and the other is an almond blossom and so that's kind of inspired by almond treats, French French pastry in a certain way. And um, it's so difficult to find a, almost impossible to find, like an almond ice cream. Um, so I'm particularly excited about uh, sharing that one. There you go. There you go. I imagine the coconut and vanilla bean are as, as good as you can probably get. Vanilla beans are great for shakes, and it's great for everything you want to mix it Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll often hear back that uh, the, the, the vanilla bean that they tasted is the best the vanilla they ever had. Wow. So I'll stand by that. Yeah. That really speaks to the quality. Yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, does the coconut sense. have bits of coconut and stuff? So the, the coconut is, I feel like it's an underrated flavor. And, mm. um, and I always try to get people, I encourage them to try the coconut. And uh, what's different about my coconut is that it's, I do have coconut flakes in there, mm. uh, but I've, I actually have soaked them in a syrup and coconut fluid that allows them to soften up. So it's not like you're tasting coconut, I guess, like almost shards in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And um, so it elevates the experience quite a bit. Nice. You know, you should, you should make an ice cream uh, for sawsberries that tastes like sawsberries. Sorry, I had to do a <laughs> well, also Charlie right Chocolate Factory joke there. <laughs> had to get in there. That, is yeah. there a sawsberry? Is there even such a thing as sawsberry? I don't know. There probably is. I don't know. It's a uh, TV's real, right? Um, so this has been pretty interesting. Uh, what more have we touched on that we want to talk about with what your brand you're building and how you're building it? I mean, I, I would say from the, um, it's an exciting space to be in. And for other entrepreneurs, it's, you know, stay at it and 
I would say that there's so much resources out there that you can uh, tap into and reach out to all kinds of people uh, that can help you. So to, to not be discouraged along the way and that there is, there is light at the end of, end of this tunnel. And um, yeah, stay engaged with your consumers and your target audience. And um, it is satisfying. Yeah. You, I mean, it sounds like you interact a lot with your clients and you, you listen to what they want. Uh, from I do. I mean, I'll often set up in-store demos, so I'll be there. I was like, here's the founder, and here, try some ice cream and see if you enjoy it. So it's always fascinating to interact with people, see their live reaction. Sometimes they're pretty skittish about, oh, rose water, I don't know, you know, and then you're like, just just try it, you know? <laughs> just and try it. It's good. Just try it, and they're like, oh, okay, wow, this is this is something interesting. I didn't know. And then you have people who come in and are like, well, let's just go straight for the mango and we'll be the judge of it, uh, <laughs> how good it is. So, uh, you know, it's just uh, the reactions you get are endless, but also very satisfying, encouraging. And uh, people are looking for um, products that are unique, innovative. And, uh, and I think being in New York City area and around you, you get more of that. There's, so I'm hoping to share with as many people as, um, as I can. Plus the healthy aspects of it, you know, the non-GMO and all that stuff uh, I mean, that makes all the difference. Other, other than creating a, a really good, delicious ice cream in the end, you're you're not necessarily focused on cutting corners. You're choosing better ingredients. Um, and this allows you to also support the kind of um, individuals who are producing these items uh, in the whole chain of um, kind of, uh, of ingredients. So um, that's important to me as well to kind of work with family-owned and operated um, ingredient vendors or others. And so it's really a supply chain that you're supporting and promoting in a certain way. Mm -hmm. What's the hardest thing you found at being an entrepreneur? Uh, the fact that you don't really have a choice about how many different hats you have to wear to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I wish there was a, some kind of formula to be like, well, you know, once you do this and, you know, then it'll be okay. So, but that's not the case. I mean, each time you have to learn and adapt and, and pull through and every entrepreneur or, you know, business startup will tell you that. Um, but, you know, they have the passion and they wouldn't give it up. Yeah. The, uh, it, you know, it's, that's part of the journey of, being an entrepreneur, you know, the, the self, uh, accountability, um, you know, it's, you, you're always carrying the mantle. Like you used to have people that would say to me, uh, you know, it's great that you do something you love and, and you enjoy coming to work every day, you know, pa uh, chasing your passion. I'm like, some days it's, it's uh, hard to come to work, man. <laughs> yeah. But you, you don't, you don't get to call in sick. <laughs> you don't you get don't. to punch out at yeah. five and go, I'm out of here. Uh, somebody uh, else's problem is this. Thing. Ice cream is not going to eat itself. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's what I, that's a shirt I wear. That's my motto. Yeah. Got a blazing on the refrigerator too there. So there you go. <laughs> Anything more we want to tease out about the brand and the ice cream that you're doing, bud? Um, I'm, I'm excited to share. I hope that your viewers will give an opportunity and try it, reach out to us and there even in any capacity, they'd like to keep in touch and um, yeah. There you go. Order it up. I, I, I'm, I'd be excited to see you uh, make it so people can order it nationwide, you know, over the mail. And stuff because uh, it is something I'm working on. Um, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, that would be fun because uh, we we sure enjoyed the taste of it, and uh, I shared some with my mom, and uh, she loved it too. <laughs> we split up, we split all the things, but yeah, I, I took my time eating it because there was like four of them, and uh, it was really good. The pistachio, I just want to make the flavors last forever. So <laughs> awesome sauce! Uh, so give us your dot com so we wouldn't look you up on the interwebs, please. Yeah, so you can find me at heritagegulfie.com. We also have an Instagram, which is at heritagegulfie. Give us a follow. We often post our updates where we're, where we're available at new locations and all the good stuff. There you go. There you go. Check it out if you're in the tri-state area. Is that how I say that? <laughs> yes. Did I say that right? The tri-state um, area of New York, New Jersey. New Jersey. There you go. Check it out, guys. Uh, be sure to check out uh, all the stuff we do across the uh, internet with the Chris Voss Show. And thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. And that should have